All right. Hello. Hello. Um, thank you for joining us on this podcast. I am joined today by the amazing Jesse Klein. Hello. <laughs> Thanks, Rebecca. It's a present all here. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I, I always love talking to you. It's like you're one of my favorite people, so I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> um so I'm grateful to you today for coming on here because we're gonna um we're gonna chat a little more about the functional patterning because you just started down this adventure professionally. Mm-hmm. And we'll get a little bit of the background. And then you helped me. I just love okay, quick tangent. Whenever I watch you, it's so fascinating to watch the four line in real life because mm-hmm. you're literally just talking about stuff. And then I know I messaged you like my body's dying to start this stuff. You yeah. Know, when are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm going to go over here and you're like, actually, I'm taking the test in like two days. <laughs> so it was perfect timing. And you said other people had reached out to you already. And I was like, that four line, man, that four line networking, it's so powerful. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Especially as a four six. And the process of being a four six is so interesting because there really is this embodiment that's required, you know, this role model quality that's required in order to really kind of call in that fourth line network. And Mm -hmm. I think that's why I didn't share that much about functional patterns in the beginning, because I really felt this, this need and this security to really be embodying it in myself at a certain level first, you know? And then of course there's always, there's always progress and there's always like things that I'm working on and slowly chipping away at. And, you know, the, the puzzle and the system that is my body, I'll always be learning and curious and chipping away at things for the rest of my life. But mm-hmm. yeah, it is funny. Um, it is really funny to watch how, when I am kind of just doing my own thing, how much people like to watch what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and you have active environment too, right? Yeah, observed for sure. Mm-hmm. So I, I remember one picture you posted uh, that your boyfriend took of you when y'all were y'all were camping somewhere and you couldn't sleep in the middle of the night. So you're just doing your <gasps> exercises. <laughs> he just took a picture of you from like over there because he is observer, correct? Mm-hmm. And so you're like, this is just the perfect example. It was so funny. It's like, that just cracks me up because you're just in your zone doing your thing and then people are watching you (laughs) yeah yeah we were camping and we had we had a two different tents set up and then we also had a I don't know a screened in big area too where we had like our picnic table or whatever and in that screened in area I couldn't see out especially because it was dark outside and I had a lantern Mm-hmm. I was sitting on the picnic table and I think I even like posted on my stories like oh getting some late night movement in or, or whatever and then like not five minutes later he posted a story and tagged me in it that was like yeah just showing me doing some movement and I was like this is hilarious this is the perfect <laughs> like you said it's the perfect example of that observed versus observer uh dynamic and it's also just funny like another little tangent like he's an he's an mg okay i'm a projector so i think from the outside looking in especially especially when we're really in 
a correct environment for us. I think it could be easy to think that I'm like, I'm the one doing all the things because I'm more, I'm the active one in my environment. When in reality, he does so many more things than me. He has the 3420. So he's always busy doing something, Mm -hmm. but the way that he goes about it, it's just a more relaxed, more observe, you know, observer way. Like he'll be sitting on his computer and he'll, you know, the amount of video editing he can do in a day is just insane to me, or it's like, he's got these, all these different projects he's working on, but I'm the one, like a lot of the times buzzing around doing like a bunch of different things. So yeah, it's, it's a trip, man. (laughs) It's so fascinating. Yes. I love it. Uh, Because yeah, someone recently was asking me the difference between that left and right environment. And I, so that was just a perfect description, I feel like. And this is the trouble of talking with you where I could go and I could ask so many questions. Channel of curiosity turns on, like, hmm, let's stay focused. <laughs> I totally get it. Cause I have that being 56. So I love, mm. I love that. I love that compromise channel because I could also go on tangents for days and you help me organize it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell all the stories. <laughs> okay, good. Because <laughs> I just mostly, like, I want to honor your time. I want to honor the listener's time and not put out, like, a five-hour interview. And, <laughs> and it's, you know, like, we can come back and talk about other things in the future. Um, so thank you for sharing all of that because I know... I just I I love talking about the different environments and your your description of the four six is really fascinating to me as well because uh the six line well both the four and the six fascinate me on different levels so thank you for that little nuance on how you express that um, but tell me a little more about the functional patterning like how how you found it and why you love it yeah um so most people who follow me probably know this but um for those who don't my my background is in physical therapy so I went you know did the traditional schooling route got my bachelor's in kinesiology and psychology and then went on to physical therapy school and got my doctorate in physical therapy and I worked as a PT for three years I had many different jobs I was still you know in my third line phase so I was bumping into a lot of different you know modalities and ways of thinking about the body and I was trying all these different jobs trying to figure out you know where do I fit in best and also like what's an environment that is sustainable sustainable for me because I kept getting burnt out in all these different environments didn't know I was a projector at the time so that makes sense and I ended up getting really attracted to pediatrics and I think one of the reasons I really loved I really loved peds was because there was a very clear model of of like of intention and a goal of what we were working on so you know for example if a if we have a six-month-old baby and they're not yet able to sit up on their own or maybe they're not even rolling yet on their own it's very clear that okay we're going to be doing movements and modalities and techniques to very specifically help the child be able to do those things independently and I think that just that just made sense for me that it's like, okay, we know what the child should be doing in their environment. 
and therefore we're going to work on those things. But then when we get, you know, when, when I would work with adults, it wouldn't be quite so cut and dry. It'd be like, okay, I have someone here who their goal is to be able maybe to get on the floor and play with their grandkids. And then I have someone else over here and their goal is to be able to play pickleball pain-free, you know, be able to play pickleball three or four times a week mm -hmm. and be able to keep up with their friends or something like that. And so you had all these different goals and it was like, how do we get, how do we get someone from where they're at now to where they want to be? And, you know, and, and then of course there's all these different there's all these different schools of thought and all these different theories and, you know, some things work for some people and others really didn't work for other people. And meanwhile, to kind of side tangent this a little bit, I had always been dealing with my own injuries ever since I was a teenager, or actually ever since I was a child, I had back issues. My mom took me to physical therapists, chiropractors, all sorts of specialists and, you know, again, there would be certain things that would kind of help me maybe in the short term, um, mm -hmm. other things that didn't. I got really into just fitness in general when I was in my teens and early 20s, you know, doing like hit hit workouts and distance running and was even like training for triathlons at one point, didn't actually ever do one, but you know, that, you know, lifting, powerlifting, it's kind of funny because like the one thing that I never got into was CrossFit and I know that's your background. So <laughs> that's kind of funny, but yeah, so I was very active and had my own injuries. And I, you know, you know, I think a lot of the advice out there is like, you just got to keep yourself strong as you get older, like just keep building muscle, keep working on your balance on oh, yoga was the thing I was really into. Oh, really? Um, you know, work on your balance and, uh, and, and have variety basically. Like those are, I think the big messages within the, the, like the physical therapy and the fitness world is like strength, strength, flexibility, balance, endurance, and, and variety. And if you have those things, then you're probably good. Um, and if you're not, see a PT, like that was kind of the, you know, that's kind of the overarching message. Um, so I tried a bunch of different things for myself, but still had issues with my back, still had issues with my hamstrings and my knees and stuff, especially when I was running. Um, and so fast forward, you know, I was working in a children's hospital full time, more than full time, like 50 to 60 hours a week sometimes. Um, and my body was just like breaking, you know, my body was just, I was just not in a good, I was just not in a good place. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And this was, a, this was also like right at the beginning of my human design experiment and right at the beginning of like all the, the COVID stuff. And anyway, I kind of just had a breaking point where I was like, I, my body was so worn down and I was so anxious going to work and it was really hard to just do normal everyday functioning stuff. So I, Walk, kind of walked away from my PT career, um, you know, just following invitations, following where my strategy and authority left me. And it, that kind of led me on traveling with my boyfriend full time. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to do whatever I need to do in the meantime to just like figure out, you know, my body. And 
So, you know, I worked as a nanny, you know, I had several different nanny jobs and had some online jobs, did some human design readings and stuff, which also helped, you know, sustain me and keep my income going. Um, but I knew I was like, I was like ready for something to come in, but I didn't know what that was, you know, and I ended up meeting Julia, who um, has been my practitioner for the past year. Mm -hmm. and we met because of human design she followed me because of of human design she also uh, is in in her experiment and she's a manifester and she kind of um it's funny because I had like heard of functional patterns like it started to come into my awareness but she kind of just like grabbed a hold of me and initiated me into it and very, very quickly into working with her I realized that um the way that they describe everything just it just made sense you know and it, it's like I have that um of that hanging 64 you know it, that confusion breakthrough of confusion mm-hmm. and it, it felt like one of those moments for me where oh my gosh I've been trying to put all these pieces together and nothing really made sense and this you know while it's a completely different way of thinking about the body it still feels like something that's worth exploring, you know? Um, and so I would say within like two, three months of working with her, I, my back pain was completely gone. Like before that I was even struggling, like just to walk, like maybe two miles, I would get lower back pain. Um, so within like two months of working with her, I was pain-free. And I also started noticing like things like going to the grocery store, you know, I used to just get so overstimulated. I would like to the point of like, Nick was having to do a lot of those things because I would go to the grocery store and like, that would wipe me out for hours. Like I'd have to lay under a weighted blanket. And I just thought, I kind of just thought, well, I guess I'm just, as I'm deconditioning, I'm just getting more sensitive and I just have to accept my fate. Um, but yeah, I started noticing that like my overall resilience to just like life um, was increasing and like things that used to make me really, really anxious and overwhelmed. Um, I wasn't really feeling that way anymore. And Julia, you know, kind of was explaining to me with, with everything she's investigated, you know, the connections between body and posture and fascia and how that ties into the nervous system as well and how that communicates to our nervous system certain things, you know, like if our if our posture is communicating that, you know, I'm scared, um, then that's gonna keep our, our nervous system in a state of, of fight or flight. And uh, yeah, it was just a lot of pieces that were coming together that made sense. And the reason that I really, there's so many reasons why I love functional patterns, but it it just makes sense as far as, you know, kind of looping back around to my interest in pediatrics where it's like, okay, I know that I'm going to, you know, at, the, at these ages and we're working on sitting and these ages we're working on crawling, these ages we're working on walking and going, climbing stairs and things like that. It's like, okay, the human adult is really oriented when you when you really study the fascia and the way the muscles are connected and the way the bones are connected, we are oriented for standing, walking, running, and throwing. Like those are the things that we evolved to do. And so that doesn't mean that we're only limited to those activities, but if we really focus on those activities and doing movement that really supports really supports that pattern, 
then our body can function in a more optimal way that that supports us in a way that makes us more efficient so we don't have to work so hard all the time and i think what really like one of the moments that just really hooked me in was listening to the founder Naudi talking about how like he's like if you if your body works optimally and efficiently you really shouldn't have to work out like you really shouldn't have to slam your body and do all these crazy things to stay fit he's like he's like I only really work out or like exercise you know like twice a month and I'm able to maintain my physique my physique Um, and of course it takes a while to get up to that point you know but I just really resonated with this idea that especially as a projector you know we shouldn't we shouldn't have to have this mentality of I need to beat up my body for an hour two hours a day in order to stay slim in order to be able to move around in in my environment in a way that I'm comfortable with um I just yeah I just knew that (laughs) there had to be something more than that Mm -hmm. um And I also just kind of had this feeling that, you know, as like non-energy beings, we're not just, we're, we're not like destined to be these like weak victim creatures who like can't do anything for themselves. Mm -hmm. Okay. So many, (laughs) so many good things. I'm very excited. Um, So first of all, I just want to bring back how that last part you were saying with the founder, how really once you get your body in alignment you don't have to work out all the time because mm-hmm. that's something that's part of why I quit CrossFit mm-hmm. a year and a half ago there's just something in my body was like we don't need to do this anymore mm-hmm. this is too much and I didn't really know how to transition but when you said that in your stories one day I was like okay yeah this is it this is what <laughs> I need to do <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I, I want a strong body, but I don't want to have to go kill myself every morning or go beat my body up every morning in order to get that. That's exhausting. For sure. And I think we, as a society are so used to operating in extremes. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is the time that I'm resting. And this is the time that I'm working. And that's our, that's the mindset that we kind of bring to everything. And I guess I would like to challenge that with what I'm doing in that, you know, of course there's a time to be completely resting. And of course there's a time to be going hard or, or whatever. But I also believe that there's most of our life we're operating somewhere in the middle (laughs) Yeah. You know, where we should be able to comfortably maintain structural integrity within our body and stability. And, you know, our, our core muscles should be able to hold us and support us mm-hmm. at a, you know, a submaximal level. You know, it's not like you're maximally contracting your muscles all the time, but at a submaximal level, we should be able to support ourselves um, so that, there's almost like a restful state that we bring to everything that we do, you know, and, and functional patterns too. It's like, 
it's not really about working out. It's maybe from the outside looking in, that's how people would identify it at the beginning. Similarly to from the outside looking in, people would identify human design possibly as like a spiritual self-help. Mm-hmm. And then you get into the rabbit hole and you're like, this is so much more than that. This is a whole different way of looking at reality, right? Um, same thing I think of about functional patterns because it's so much more than a workout system. It's like a way that you're a way of changing behavior. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could remember um, at my course, one of the one of my instructors he gave like his definition of functional patterns and I swear you could have like interchanged FP and human design with the way that he described it. It was like something about getting your body into alignment so that you, so that your behavior orients towards your highest potential or something like it, it was something like that. And I was like, holy crap. Um, but yeah, it's like, when you're doing the moves and when you're really focusing on, you know, the corrective techniques that FP offers and the concepts and everything, it's not like from the mindset of, okay, do this for an hour a day and I do it as hard as I can. It's like, no, the more you do these techniques, the way that you think about the way your body moves will change in your everyday life. Like you'll be washing the dishes and you'll be like, oh, okay, that posture thing I was working on, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna experiment with that as I'm standing here. And it's gonna change the way that I stand. And therefore, I'm gonna feel stronger, maybe not, maybe in the beginning, it'll feel like, okay, I have to work a little bit harder. But over time, it'll be like, okay, my body is naturally repatterning towards this posture. And I'm also noticing that as a result of that, I'm in less pain, or as a result of that, I am less fatigued overall, or as a result of that, I have less anxiety, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And that, that mind body connection is what really fascinates me because like in CrossFit, there's, you know, some, I think back to some of the advice I got when I was trying to figure out lifts or do something. And one coach, he would just tell me all the time, just get really angry, like get angry and pull it up. I'm like, I don't want to go there. And, and there just be times where I didn't put as much weight on the bar as I could have, but a coach, like certain coaches would see them be like, no, you can lift more than that. Go put more weight on. And then would like stare at me until I put more weight on. Like, why can't I just do what my body wants right now? But at the time I thought I was being coachable and, you know, all that. And yeah, that's a whole other interesting thing the whole coachable idea. But you had talked about before, like um, earlier in your journey of, of FP with like just going to the grocery store, just these simple things where you started to notice a shift in that simply from working on your body. And I know for me, I've been doing this one week, one week, and I'm already like, okay, this is amazing. And I, I feel so many shifts just within my body in different transitions. So what, what is your understanding of what's happening there? I think you talked about it a little bit, but I'm just curious to kind of deep dive a little more, like just from working on your body and releasing some of the myofascial, you can fix me. <laughs> you know releasing some of the tension that you have and fixing some of that 
why does that translate so widely? Yeah, gosh, there's so many directions that I could take with this, but just to start, you know, body language really is the universal language. Mm-hmm. And when we are, when we have a confident posture, that communicates to everything in our environment. And like, even things like, okay, there was this trail that Nick and I liked to hike in Austin in, in near where we were staying. And this was a off-leash dog trail. And I noticed that like in the past when I would meet dogs like on hikes and stuff, it's like they get really, you know, they get really excited. And then um, for whatever reason, like dogs just love to jump on me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but then again, it's like, if my body posture communicates that I'm submissive, then of course they're going to, especially as animals, they're going to know that, oh, I can jump on her and I can play rough with her and have my way, <laughs> you know, yeah. with this person. Um, because yeah, like thinking back on it, what I would used to do is if a dog was running up on me, I would do like, I would kind of do this, you know, and as I was hiking with Nick, you know, more recently, I noticed that like, if a dog started to run up at me, if I maintained my stability and I opened my chest and kept my posture confident, that they would immediately like, oh, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to run over here. (laughs) Maybe I don't want to jump on her. Yeah. Um, And so, so there's that psychosocial effect that's very, I think, subconscious, but always present. And then there's also a hormonal effect. So when we, when our body is in alignment and what I mean by alignment, because this could mean so many different things. Um, you know, when I was in school, I was, I was taught that the next posture is the best posture, meaning that so long as your body is in a variety of positions, you will, um, not overuse any one muscle and not end up being in pain or or whatever and there is some truth to that Mm -hmm. however um that doesn't really account for physics because when we look at the body and we look at the pelvis specifically the pelvis and the rib cage like those are the two really big things to look at when we come at alignment because um you know between those two things we have our intra-abdominal cavity which is like plays a big role in breathing and and that's just like our center you know if our core is functional functioning optimally and can control pressure and everything then that sets a foundation for us to be able to move on top of that and be able to breathe efficiently and then of course breathing is kind of like the <laughs> the the starting place for how we get oxygen and energy and, and all those things. Um, yeah, so when we look at the rib cage and the pelvis, there is kind of an optimal alignment that, we, that we're looking for because if the rib cage is too far forward, let's say over the pelvis, then that's gonna, you know, in, so, in some ways that might lengthen the front of our core it might shorten our back muscles and then, you know, it'll pull on things and make it so that those muscles are no longer at the optimal length tension relationship to be able to function. 
Mm-hmm. And then that, you, you know, when, when we have tension in our muscles that communicates things to our neuromuscular system, but then that also makes it such, such that our lymphatic flow in our body can't like pump and optimal and like optimally, um, detoxify, like bring out toxins, you know, because it's like, okay, then if my rib cage is forward, then to compensate, like my shoulders have to come forward and that's going to close off where that lymph flow comes in. So then I can't get toxins out of my body. And then that then affects like the cascade of hormones. And, you know, there's been some studies that have been done that, uh, just having, you know, these like power postures is what they, they said in the article. When you have these power postures, like these postures that are more oriented towards confidence and taking up more space and all that stuff. Like it increases your testosterone, it lowers your cortisol. Um, and so then again, that goes, (laughs) that, that will have a cascade effect. Um, and so there's all these different systems that, that, that intertwine Mm -hmm. all based off of, of posture. Um, and I apologize. I don't remember your original question, but it's a fine. (laughs) (laughs) it's just talking about how just changing these certain things like these tiny little movements in your body how that has such big rippling effects yeah yeah yeah. so yeah you totally explain that and and that's what's fascinating to me where you're just looking at um like you were talking about the limps um, drainage if you can't do that like how that holds on to certain things and from an emotional standpoint where I look at what I know about feelings, it just correlates so well mm-hmm. where like with the myofascial release and, and they're like, okay, go straight into the pain and then sit there. <laughs> and that's kind yeah. of what's good to do with the feelings that the feelings can run through the system and not get stuck in your body. So that emotional sure. body connection is so huge. For sure. Um, yeah. And then of course it's like everything, everything, moderation isn't the right word, but everything in it's like to, to what you can handle, right? Like yes, yes. It, there is a, a certain threshold that you kind of want to get yourself to without completely like blowing past that threshold. So it's like, yeah, like being able to sit with that pain, but then also at the same time, if it's so painful that you're like tensing and compensating somewhere else in your body, mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, maybe that's an indicator that we've passed that threshold, that healthy threshold that we want to go to. Um, and it's the same thing with emotions, right? Like, yes. like when we think about um, somatic experiencing or, you know, trauma-informed practitioners, like, there's a a threshold that you want to encourage somebody to go to, but without, but then we acknowledge that if we go beyond a certain threshold that it's like too much too soon for somebody. And like, that could actually be more harmful than good. It's the same thing with the same thing with the body. Like it's the same thing with everything. (laughs) Yes. Yes. No. And I'm glad that you brought that up as well and made sure to to line up that boundary because it is important and, and to highlight that there's zero shame in it. So, you know, if you're, if somebody over here is like laying on a lacrosse ball on a certain spot and they're just like, okay, cool. But Mm -hmm. you have to lay on like a deflated tennis ball because that's all you can handle. Then great. You're doing 
that's your threshold and that's going to get you there. And one day you're going to be laying casually on a lacrosse ball too. Yeah. Because there's never like, we can never compare our trajectory to somebody else's because, Mm -hmm. because there's so many different factors. We never know like what that other person has gone through compared to us. Um, And then what their genetics, what genetics they just were destined, you know, predestined with and then their design that they were destined yeah. with that they're dealing with. It's like, we're all just dealing with so many different things, which is like, I guess might be a good segue to talk about human design and all of this too, because <laughs> I was just thinking that too. Yeah. <laughs> because, um, yeah, there just really is no, um, there really just is no one size fits all type for anything at all. Yeah. You know? Um, and so I can have a client who's, who's calm determination and desire motivation. And the way that I interact with that person is going to be so different than someone who has, let's say like consecutive determination and innocence motivation. Mm -hmm. So like the calm, the calm person is going to need a very deliberate certain energy that I bring to the session that doesn't overwhelm them. And maybe with that person, I focus much, much more on staying below that threshold of hyping up the nervous system, you know, and that's much more the focus, but in a way that still has a goal and an agenda because they need that they need that type of motivation versus somebody who has, um, consecutive. It's like, I can maybe get them to that threshold, but we're going to need to do one thing at a time. Right. And just like, we are only going to be doing, like, we are only going to focus on your glute activation today and that's it. And like, we're going to hammer that in home as many times and as many different positions as we need to, you know, but then with the innocence, it's like, but also there will be kind of this playful element to it. Mm-hmm. It's not going to feel as serious. It's not going to feel as, as uh goal driven. It's like, well, let's just see how, let's just try this and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> and like with you, it was nice. Cause like, I know that your fear motivation, so I can just give you just all the details of everything until the cows come home and I won't be able to do that with somebody else you know so it's just like and then there's so many different things that I'm already noticing like with my generator clients they need to see themselves (laughs) like they're yes they're they're introspective like they're here to know themselves they like having a mirror for them to see is going to be so important but then projectors like I, and I, I, I know this from my own experience too. Like I could watch myself in a mirror like 500 times, but until I watch somebody else do it, I will not get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> until I focus on somebody else. I will not. And then that's where that, when things start clicking and, you know, and that's, you know, the interesting part about now starting to take this into the professional level where I'm starting to guide people myself, I'm like already having so many moments of like, Oh my God, (laughs) that's actually 
what the, the breakthrough that they just had was like just as much for me as it was for them. Yeah, I bet. I couldn't get that for myself until I saw somebody else do it or I like saw their process or I guided it. I guided them through that process. And I'm like, oh, I really see myself in that struggle. That's so cool. You know? Yeah. When you said that little tidbit to me in our session about, well, you're a projector, so you need to watch somebody else do it. And then I observed myself and I realized, you know, there was one move we were doing and you tried to give me cues and I wasn't quite getting it. But then you showed me, you showed me like one time. I was like, okay, I got it. And it was pretty incredible how immediate. <laughs> Plus, like, uh, you know, you and I are both pure collective. So yes, we need, that helps. We, need, we need to see the overall picture, the overall pattern. And then I, your external vision, I think as well, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. of course that also factors in, but it, you know, it, it's nice because I think back to when I was a PT and at the time I was at least intuitive enough to understand that everybody needed a different, everybody just needed different motivations. They needed different communication styles. People just responded to things way differently. But oh, yeah. but I had to do it completely through trial and error because I didn't and like human design takes so much of that so much of that awkward trial and error phase out of the equation because I can just be like oh this is what it is like this is what you need um which is so beautiful yes I love that then you can just cater it to them and then looking at the connection chart too I'm sure really helps yeah and I'm you know, I'm excited because there's so much, there's always so much to master, you know, like I will, and, and for the, you know, I'm kind of reaching this point in my life where I'm grateful for that because I used to just feel like, oh, if I could just get to this place where I feel really confident in my knowledge, then like all my problems will be solved. <laughs> I keep them confidently. And now I'm realizing if I don't have something to study, I'm actually very depressed. It's, it's not a good thing for me to feel like I don't have anything to study. And, um, there's so many different directions that I want to go. I want to continue to go on my studies, but I think probably something that's going to be pulling my focus in the, uh, in the near future is going to be like really getting into PHS and mm -hmm. starting to make connections with with that because um yeah I just know that there's there's just more there there's just so much you know like because um like FP it has very it has some dietary things that it focuses on it's like kind of simple the, the um kind of the overarching message with it is like a diet of elimination and then just like try to figure out what foods make you inflamed you know, and, and there is an emphasis on like certain foods being eliminated, like grains and um, poly polyunsaturated fatty acids and things like that. Um, but I'm just noticing like it really just depends on somebody's PHS. <laughs> you know, like like I I have this theory that uh, that Naudi might be a consecutive determination and that he probably just stumbled on that himself and because that's the way he eats and it really works well for him mm -hmm. like some people yeah that's that works really really well um 
for me as a closed taste person, like it can be really challenging. Like it's a really slippery slope. If I really focus on, yeah, like I'm, I'm going to eliminate grains from my diet. Um, that can become a very slippery slope of like me being closed off to like everything. You know what I mean? Or it's like, or it's like, oh, I really want a chicken quesadilla, but like, I can't have it because it is, because it has grains in it. Um, Mm -hmm. And the really interesting thing is like, I've noticed that uh, (laughs) things that are within my closed determination, um, even if it doesn't make sense, like those are the things that don't make me inflamed. But then when, even when I'm trying to eat like the cleanest diet ever, if it's like, oh, I'm only having like fruit and steak or whatever, it's like, I'll still get bloated. <laughs> but I can have a chicken quesadilla and I, and especially if it's like homemade and I use organic flour and like grass fed butter and like all the, all the ingredients that like make me feel good. Like my feelings yeah. feel good. I won't get bloated like and I can have that every single day um so yeah I know that that's going to be such an important such an important piece of what I do I mean I know quite I know I know a little bit about PHS but you know you never feel like the things that you study are never are also the things that you see the depth in so you're like yes I also see my own incompetence but I also acknowledge that I'm probably way more confident than a lot of other people who claim to know a lot about it but (laughs) I love because that's such a one-line thing to say but you're not a one-line profile so yeah all my no's are first lines and um I I don't know I kind of had a thought but then it just left me so anyway Yeah. Okay. No, that's interesting. Cause I just, I like hearing the expression of different things in different ways. Cause you know, I, I don't think anything belongs in a box. And so I can listen to this and be like, okay, but you're not a one line. So where is this coming from, from the nodes? But then also if we think about you as just a projector in general here to master a system and with that channel of judgment, constantly fine tuning. Yeah. Patterns, a lot of repetition. Like the logical, I do think that's a lot probably where that mindset comes from. You're like, oh, like this could be a first sign thing. But yeah, the logical collective circuit is very repetition oriented and Mm -hmm. very much like, I think Ra even uses the word prove, even though it's like, okay, I have an undefined heart. So on a certain level, I'm not here to prove something. Mm -hmm. I basically, I'm not here to prove like my own worth, my own value but I am kind of here to prove the the validity of a system or the validity of a collective pattern. It's like, I look out and I see collective patterns mm-hmm. and I'm like, and, and I make hypotheses about things. And then I'm like, I need to gather data and in a sense prove or verify that the pattern that I'm seeing is a- actually has some validity to it. You know what I'm saying? So it is, and then plus like you have the, you know, you have the, the, the 1858 channel and then that collects and, you know, that connects into the stream of taste into the 48 and then the 16, 48 is the gate of depth. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I don't have I don't have either the 48 or the 16. But what's really interesting is so my my design son is 18.6, right? Mm-hmm. And all six lines um, are always looking ahead to the next hexagram. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like, you know, like they're sitting on the roof and they're like looking out and they're like, okay, we mastered correction. Like we perfected correction, essentially. Like we are embodying correction. What's next? What are we, why are we correcting? We're correcting to get the depth, to get to the depth. Because not only is the next, like, not only is that the next gate in the stream of taste, but it's also the next hexagram in the I Ching. So it's like it goes 18 and then it goes 48. So it's kind of like a double whammy where the 18 is looking towards the 48. So it's kind of like I'm always looking for the depth and also aware that I don't have the depth because I don't have the 48. I, I can get wise about the depth. I can be around other people who have that and who can teach me about it. But like, I'm not really here to be the spokesperson of it. <laughs> I'm just over here like, I know this needs to be corrected. <laughs> yes. No, I love it. So I have the 48 and three placements. And so I know this energy well. And so it's making more sense to me too, why I'm so drawn to you, where I feel like there's so many times where you'll say one simple thing and then it'll spark some. It'll pull from your well. It will. And I'll get some knowing that I didn't realize I had, or I didn't know I was searching for. And you said like one thing. So that's fascinating. You probably, you know, you know, you have an undefined spleen. So you're not going to be aware that you even have the depth Mm -hmm. that will be inconsistently active in you you know and it's like you maybe come into contact with the splenic being and you're like oh okay we can pull from my well now yes there it is (laughs) yeah and you do you have a receptive mind I have it's left and right my unconscious is left my conscious is right yeah, so your receptive mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's also like pulling from your receptive mind as well. So it it's like just all the all the all the things, all the things. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. It's a whole other tangent. I won't take us down. But I'm so fascinated. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and and I love getting into this stuff with people, and I I think my not that I really have like an agenda or anything, but I would say something that would really something that I feel like I would really enjoy would be working with people where we are focused on movement, you know, and maybe that's why people come to me and they invite me to correct their movement, correct their patterns, to correct their, their posture and, and have a more confident, efficient experience in their body, you know, mm-hmm. um, maybe that's what they invite me for, but then you know, maybe every once in a while we have a human design, just like integrative deep dive session where we kind of like go into this and, and we talk about like, where is your mind sabotaging you? Where, where are you coming into these? Like, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, you're aware of your strategy and authority, but how is that really going for you? You know, like, how can I help you really step into that? Because these are parallel journeys. <laughs> they really are. And that's what drew me into. I think that's one of the things I told you, like as a mental projector, I need to understand how to work with my body. And because I don't, I haven't been able to access that. And that's what feels like can, 
I feel like I can access that through this functional patterning. So that makes so much sense. And I love that you'd be able to do that for so many other people too, because people with all kinds of authorities feel disconnected from their authority because life and humaning. Oh, for sure. I mean, (laughs) so much I could say. Um, (laughs) Always. (laughs) So much. Um, yeah, because then like going back to like this spleen thing, it's like you give me some throat activation and I'm like, okay, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, the process of finding your inner authority is at least like for me, it has been such a trial and error process because like, I know that when I first found human design, there was a deep resonance within it and something that just immediately spoke to me mm-hmm. and it was like, I couldn't unsee it. There were things that I couldn't unsee. And it's like my body was not going to let me ignore human design. You know, there was such a strong, there was such a strong, I don't want to say response. It's like, I'm not a generator, but there was just such a strong. It feels like an invitation to me. Yes. Yes. Like there was, it was like such a strong invitation, uh, And it was just like a magnet. Like I could not walk away from it. And with that being said, I was so confused and frustrated and bitter in the beginning because I was like, when people say like, just, just follow your strategy and authority. And I'm like, it really doesn't feel that simple. You know, like, is this my spleen? Is this my mind? Like, and then there's the nuance, like being a splenic being and like you, the spleen has a connection to fear, but the solar plexus, it's like the Ajna is, um, anxiety and the solar plexus is nervousness. So then trying to tease out, like, what is the difference in the way my body feels somatically between fear and nervousness and anxiety? Mm-hmm. I have, I don't have definition in my Ajna or my solar plexus. So like trying to tease all, all of that out and learn all those things. Um, I mean, I know I've heard other people speak on this of like, it wasn't an immediate, I just found my authority and I just started, you know, I think that there is like, if you commit, sorry, I thought I lost you for a second. It's like, if we commit to the experiment, um, there is going to be a cellular deconditioning that starts to happen. Mm-hmm. That's kind of out of our control. But beyond that, like finding our authority is like, yeah, it just, it takes so much, takes so much experimenting just in that. And, yes. you know, I experimented with like, okay, if I eat really, really healthy, then will my body feel healthier and there, therefore will I be able to feel my spleen better, you know, but then it's like, there's that homogenized mm-hmm. concept of like, what, what is healthy, what is eating healthy, you know? Um, yeah. So there's so much experimentation and I feel like um, for me, it was, it was finding functional patterns. Like I went, once I started feeling healthier in my posture and more confident and being able to move throughout my life pain-free that's when I started having those big realizations of like, 
that was my spleen. Like a hundred percent without a doubt, that was my spleen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then of course, you know, one could argue, well, like, yeah, it just, you, it was as you were approaching like year three in your experiment, like, oh, okay. I can never first be certain. Like I'm not, not a being who's here for certainty. I don't have a defined Ajna, you know, so they'll never like know for sure. But I just see that pattern of like functional patterns came in. I started noticing changes in my body immediately. And then it was like, I feel so much more confident about my authority. And that doesn't mean that it's perfect. I still get clouded sometimes. I still you know, really feel emotional transit sometimes and, or, and, or feel emotional conditioning and, you know, that can cloud my authority or, um, or my undefined heart will like really get in the way of something and try to make me prove. And that will like temporarily cloud me from my authority. Like there's all these things, you know, and that, that's why it's an experiment. Like we're not going to just like find it and be perfect at it, you know, but, um, yeah, I feel like that's when the light bulb, like the real big, okay, I'm really confident that this is what I'm feeling in myself came, started to come through. That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. Well, I'm glad that it invited you into this system so that now you can share with other people and guide other people and connect them to their truth and their body and their authority. And I'm excited to watch your progress as well. <laughs> Yeah. And, and same, it's like incredible. You just sent me some progress pictures and like just seeing your progress within like three weeks, four weeks, however long it's been. It's It's been one week. It's one week. (laughs) So I know there's more to go, but, um, yeah, I I decided to go ahead and do it because I was just curious because I'm like, I'm feeling better. Let's just see what happened. And I know that first picture that I did, I just really, I didn't try to fix anything in my posture. And looking at those pictures, I was like, why is my body so sad? <laughs> why are, why are we so sad? What's going on? So I'm glad to have that picture. It's hard to not judge too. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I'm so I'm excited to see how things go. Cause yeah, just one week has been life-changing. So y'all y'all go do it everybody just go do it talk to jesse so that's it's so incredible yeah it's like you already your body looks you know you said your body looks sad and it's interesting because um it's like for me when i first took my initial pictures that i have like very affectionately termed my um my fp mug shots um, <laughs> I was like, I was also shocked. Like I was shocked at how exhausted and defeated my -hmm. body looked. Um, and even how much like the outside didn't match the inside. Yes. Yes. Like I felt like at that point in my journey, I was like starting to get my confidence as a projector, but my, my body was not communicating that. And it can be really shocking at first but then there's also a lot of hope in that that especially in the beginning like you can have very drastic progress from week to week which is exciting and and empowering and it kind of gets you on the um 
yeah I mean it's just motivating it know. really is I get stuck sometimes where I want to just leapfrog to progress and I forget how the just the daily task really add up and create huge change so I want to make sure that we don't just skip over this because this is so important the 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 important thing that you said there was I felt better and therefore I wanted to take pictures to see Mm -hmm. and that is so that is such an important point because like I think people look at functional patterns and they they see the Instagram and it's like all these before and afters. And I get a lot of questions about this actually of like, is this just about the way I look? And it's like, mm-hmm. no, it's actually way more about how you feel. Mm-hmm. It's just that what like I think what functional patterns is trying to do is they're trying to, again, very much in alignment with my collective logical process, they're trying to provide data and correlations Mm -hmm. I think what they're trying to help us see is that you you know and this isn't about like this isn't even about like size or weight or anything like that it's about when you look confident when your body looks stacked you feel better Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like helping people see that and helping people see that like it is possible to make those changes because so many of us do feel defeated or look defeated and have been, you know, been in this medical system where they tell us like, I'm sorry, I don't know what to do for you. You're just going to have to live with this. This is something like, this is just accept your fate. <laughs> right. You know, and it's like, no, we want to show that like you can actually make progress. Like my progress with my back, like my kyphosis or my the rounding of my mid spine mm-hmm. has been so significant that I've been told by so many people, like, this is not gonna get better. You're just gonna have to try to stay on top of this so it doesn't get worse as you age. And like, guys, that is not that I am actually reversing the kyphosis that I've had since I was five years old at age 30, you know, like it's yeah. And and because of that, and again, it's like, it's not because it's not what I look like. It's the fact that as I'm reversing that kyphosis, my body is able to detoxify better. My hormones are more in a balanced state or working more towards a state of balance I have less anxiety. My body is no longer communicating that I want to hide or that I'm shameful or that I'm submissive. You know, like there's all these, Mm. there's all these things. Um, And it's, (laughs) I said this to one of my other clients the other day. It's like, I want to create, it's like, you know, human design talks about like, creating wolves not sheep like human designs for wolves not sheep mm-hmm. it's like I want to create an army of wolves so that we can protect the sheep so that we can like really be there and be strong and confident for those who are not able to be and not only that but to create this ability of like being strong in the waiting you know because if your body is strong oh, in the waiting, that's so good yeah <laughs> if you're if you're stable and you're confident then you're not going to feel like 
you have to initiate first out of survival. You know, like your body is going to feel safe. It's going to, it's going to be more trusting to wait, you know, mostly speaking to, to projectors, generators, and, mm-hmm. and reflectors here. But, mm-hmm. but even as a manifester, you know, like you also have to wait for your urges or if you're emotional for your emotional clarity, you know, so it's like, let's create, let's just create a, (laughs) a, a pack, a community of wolves who are strong and waiting. That, that one hit me so deep though. (laughs) I love that so much. (laughs) The being strong and waiting and just having a visual of that and a sense of that in my body, like my whole body was like, oh, I can be strong in the waiting. Mm-hmm. yeah this isn't about being strong and going out and smashing shit this is about being strong so that nobody nothing fucks with you for it's <laughs> in my language but yeah like so that nothing so that you are unfuckable with yes and if if you are if that is your resting state you know i it's like and again like going back to the physics of it, like if you're, if your pelvis and your ribcage are stacked and you are, your muscles are able to activate and like hold your structure, like I want it to be so someone can like ram into you and you're like, cool. <laughs> you know, like I don't, <laughs> but if you take somebody's ribcage and you pull it this way and you pull their pelvis this way, they're not going to be stable. So like life is going to continue to just pelt them especially as a three line yeah yeah like you are like as a third line like you are here to be the most resilient you know and so like let's let's strengthen that resiliency you know like let's yeah oh that's so good that's so good when you were saying that it's like um make unfuckable your resting state is basically what came to me like okay I like that that's yeah and and like we we could relate so much to this it's like being like okay no one can fuck with me from the outside my mind can't fuck with me like I am unshakable (laughs) oh my gosh yes (laughs) (laughs) and isn't it amazing if you just tweak some things in your posture that's how deep the changes can go oh it's fascinating so fascinating okay okay yeah and like maybe this isn't the path for everyone and that's okay but like I'm just sharing you know as my sixth line experience like Mm -hmm. this these two systems like working in tandem with each other is just what I you know and again it's like I'm not I haven't achieved some level of perfection by any means but this is what has gotten me to a place where just overall my resting state is I trust that what's happening in my life like everything is working out I don't know how and I don't know why but I've seen enough (laughs) to know that it just it always works out and I don't have to stress out about all these things so anyway (laughs) that's so good thank you so much for sharing all of this all of this amazingness I really appreciate it 
Absolutely. Thanks for pulling it out of me. Yeah. <laughs> and as promised, I'm going to cut myself off so that I don't make a five hour conversation. Um, but any other time you feel like chatting about any of it, you let me know. For sure. Yeah, I know. I love these conversations. Absolutely. And I love, I love sharing it with people too. So I'm really glad. Um, so thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate you and I'm sure we'll do another episode at some point soon. Oh, for sure. And for those of you who are just now finding Rebecca or just now finding me, we did an episode, gosh, like a while back, probably like six months or so. It's like my first episode on my podcast, which y'all should definitely 100% check out. Anytime I meet a splenic person, I send them to your episode. So. Oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah, it. I kind of want to go back and watch it because it's just so funny to me when I watch, like if I watch a podcast that I did like six months ago, a year ago, I'm like, oh, like so much has changed since then. Yes. <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? <laughs> I know because there's constant growth constant expansion and and it is it is funny looking back I just remember like you were in an, a Nick setup so you had like the perfect caves environment and I was like oh I do not feel cute <laughs> yeah I uh do not <laughs> I do not have um my professional setup today I'm in an Airbnb the walls are pink and darker pink stripes and I'm like <laughs> this podcast just feels like a um I want to sit in bed today podcast but yeah uh, but I have no regrets because I feel like some really good things came out absolutely absolutely and it and you know what I sat in bed too so that's one of the funnest things that I love about being a projector whenever I'm kind of tired or something but I still want to work I'm like I can work from bed like, I don't have to go sit in a chair. It's great. Yeah, exactly. Like, goes back to what we were talking about earlier of, like, we don't have to be, like, this is rest and this is work. It's, like, how can you bring kind of a restful state to to your work? And yeah. for me today, I was sitting in bed. <laughs> <laughs> in true projector fashion. <laughs> okay. Thanks so much, Rebecca. I really appreciate you. Um, thank you so much helping me, helping me kind of spread what I'm doing and and also just put words to all these things that are floating around in here because um, yeah it's, it's difficult for me to do on my own without defined throat defined ajna so absolutely well I'm grateful that I could be a source and that you are here to share with me and I will 100% tell anybody who will listen to me to go try it. So. Awesome. <laughs> All right, y'all. Okay, have a great one. <laughs> you too.